All right, sweet. Well, hi, everyone. Welcome to Coinvise Creator Stories. This is our weekly conversation with the creators and community leads that are pushing the boundaries of Web3 to new limits. Um, at Coinvise, we're building the homepage for Web3 communities, starting with powerful no-code tools that give creators superpowers to launch and manage their tokenized communities. And uh, this week, we're pumped to be chatting with longtime Coinvise friend and host of the Mint Podcast, Adam Levy. What's up, Adam? How are you doing? Yo, yo, yo. Feeling good, man. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Yeah, we're pumped to uh, to get into it. Um, Before we jump in, if you have not already tuned into the Mint, you guys are definitely missing out. It's one of the best listens on Web3. Adam consistently brings on great guests and asks them super thoughtful questions. So uh, go ahead, do yourself a favor, add one of his recent episodes to your queue. And uh, with that, we'll uh, we'll jump in. Um, Adam, to kick things off, would be awesome to to just dive into your background. If you can give us the the ten thousand foot view of of how you kind of got started in, in Web three and, and ultimately found yourself running what is now one of the the best podcasts in, in Web three. Sure, man. Thank you for the kind words. Um, I think there's awesome podcasts out there. Um, I hope to live up to some of the greater ones <laughs> that I that I listen to personally. Uh, I got started in the space in 2017. I I recently, well, not recently, but I what caught my attention was Bitcoin at 20k. What kept me in the door was seeing what you could do with with blockchain technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember coming across a project like uh, like Media Chain. Um, and I'm a drummer myself and I was seeing how media chain was helping music artists and I thought it was super creative, uh, and it kind of sparked my, my attention and sparked my engagement and kind of led me down the rabbit hole of what was possible beyond, beyond a publicly traded asset like Bitcoin. Um, so after reading the white paper, I fell even more in love. And, uh, at the time I was studying at USC in, in, in downtown LA and uh, I just transferred in there from community college. Uh, enter my junior year at the business school. And I started writing in Facebook groups. I think it was like the graduating class Facebook group. If anybody wants to learn about peer-to-peer payments on like a Saturday at 3 p.m., I rented out this room. Come meet me. I'll be with a whiteboard. And I literally started like that, just teaching people about the Bitcoin white paper. And I remember like the first time two, three people came. We had an awesome session. And then the next time like five people came. And then I had met my uh, my really good friend Daniel Agachi, who was somewhat leading like the, the the blockchain club on campus, but he was also leaving school at the time. So I came on board and kind of like took the weekend sessions and led the pack for like an on chain uh, club, uh, not on chain club, an on campus club. Excuse me. Um, so my point with sharing that story is that I got started as a community builder. I'm not mm-hmm. technical. I'm not technical. Uh, I never like really understood the technicality behind things, even though I took like smart contract courses for the sake of understanding what was going on from a high level point of view. I very much loved doing uh, the community building stuff. Um, so I was I was doing that for about a year. Around the same time, I got my first internship in the space, working at Draper Gorn Holm, which is a blockchain venture studio. Um, and I was doing an interning with them for about a year. That internship came to an end. I uh, had the opportunity to study abroad. In Switzerland, and I wanted to go over there because the whole entire crypto scene and what they considered Crypto Valley, aka Zug, was really popping, and a lot of dope startups came out of there. So 
flew to Switzerland, was there for five months studying and interviewing, was working with different like nonprofits and, and crypto startups, just helping where I could. Um, couldn't get a visa in the end. And after graduating, I kind of moved to Austria and Vienna and was working with an IoT blockchain startup for a few months. I uh, had a, so much fun over there learning the ins and outs of like infrastructure and, and financing and all these really cool concepts that really opened my mind to so many things. They had an offer to get acquired and they dropped me. And then I came back to LA and joined Draper Gordon Home full time. So between interning for them, working for them full time, I was in that ecosystem for about like two and a half years. Uh, I had a show called Blockchain and Booze that I was doing every Tuesday that got picked up by Cointelegraph and they were live streaming it every every Tuesday evening. We were getting like a minimum of like 10,000 viewers every single evening, which was crazy. And people were drinking while I was interviewing uh, really dope people <laughs> in the space live um, and then did all sorts of things over there. Uh, but it got to the point where I wanted more like autonomy and I wanted more control and I wanted to explore more of my creative side as a creator. So I left, started Mint. Um, and, uh, since then I've been producing bi-weekly content on my podcast for those who are new to mint, basically the entire concept is I document the pulse around where crypto meets creators. So I like to consider that I teach creators on how to build a community, how to own a community, how to monetize their community using primitives like social tokens, DAOs, NFTs, uh, just to name a few. Uh, and I do things in season. So Coinvise has been my biggest supporter since day zero. I remember when I was even considering on starting Mint, I hit up Janil, the, the CEO of Coinvise. I was like, yo, I have this concept. I think at the time, Janil also wanted to recruit me somehow, but I, I wanted to be like independent. I don't remember exactly, um, but he insisted that I start this podcast and I, we were bouncing ideas back and forth. And long story short, here we are today. Uh, I think I just surpassed my 75th episode too, which is awesome. Yeah, awesome. congrats on that. That's yeah. wild. Thanks, bro. Um, thank you. Yeah, thank you. So, I mean, like you, you had a, an interesting path where you kind of just jumped into to Web3 right out of the, the gate and hit the ground running right after school. Was there, was there ever any point in time where you kind of second guessed it or, or thought you might want to go another direction? Or have you, uh, have you kind of been all in on, on Web3 since you kind of first got the taste of it back when you were at USC? Yeah, good question. Funny enough, uh, I come from a very traditional family. Both of my parents are immigrants from, from Israel. And uh, my mom and dad came here not really speaking uh, a line of English and with barely any money to their name. So our entire like childhood growing up, our parents always had like a set path for us from, mm -hmm. from, from high school to college to doing this and doing that. And you're going to have to go through these steps to achieve that. And this entire plan just like mapped out for us. And I remember when I, when I entered uh, college, my dad wanted me to go work for like the Googles, the Apples, the Facebooks, whatever, like right, the JP right. Morgans. I was like, nah, I want to go play with internet funny money. And I remember I was like, it was around the time where I started getting into the Bitcoin white paper and he criticized me. He's like, what is this bullshit? What is this? What does it make sense? Blah, 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 blah. And, uh, I very much, I guess, went against like the traditional grain of what my parents had set out for us. I mm -hmm. think now when they look back, they are invested in crypto now. So I think it all worked out for the better. <laughs> and like I'm their advisor for everything. So, uh, you know, at the time it was like very like, hmm, what am I doing here? What's my place? In the beginning, when you're when you don't know anything, you have no skills to your name, you have no network to your name. Everything feels like a big question mark and still does, honestly, till today. 
And I'd be a liar if I didn't tell you I considered doing other stuff, but for whatever, for whatever reason, just kept going at it. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. And like now with the, the mint, as you mentioned, you you've surpassed 75 episodes, which is awesome. You're uh, you're in season four of the podcast. Um, like at what point did you realize that you, you might be onto something, you know, especially with any creative endeavors, there's kind of like the, the peaks and the valleys when you get started, you get a little bit of momentum, but you don't necessarily know when's the, the right point to stick with something. When, when did you kind of realize like, Oh shit, I might, I might be onto something here. Good question. So backtrack for a minute. So around the time it was like June, 2020, when I, when I quit Draper going home and I initially quit because I wanted to go do this social token project for this DJ uh, named Don Diablo. And mm-hmm. uh, we had this entire plan, brought the devs together, put together like the strategy, everything that we had in place. But uh, we didn't necessarily go live with it, but I'd already quit my job at the time, right? So I already had so much conviction for like token-based communities, creator-led communities, uh, like digital fan clubs. I had so much conviction for it to the point where I quit my job for it, right? And uh, at the same time, I started Mint, right? So I was like, this is for sure going to pop off. Like, it makes so much sense. I've never felt more convinced. And my gut feeling was like, had never been warmer on something. And which gave me like the conviction, I guess, to also quit and to kind of pursue this social club for the DJ. The DJ project never ended up working out for different reasons, but it still led me on the the same path, the theme of where my head's at till today, right? On how creators Mm -hmm. can use crypto to build, monetize, and own their audience using tools like social tokens, like NFTs and DAOs, right? That's where a lot of my like interest lies. And I remember when I was doing Blockchain and Boost 2, it was such like an all-purpose podcast. I was talking to all sorts of people. I had everyone from Mark Cuban on to Stani from Ave to Synthetics to Kane from Synthetics to Fawocious when Fawocious just popped off mm-hmm. and had his first first sale ever, right? And I was seeing how these creators were like benefiting from crypto. And I was like, wow, there's something brewing over here that I've never really seen before. And it really tied back to my initial interest of even getting into crypto and seeing what companies like Media Chain we're doing to empower music creators, right? And I was like, wow, there's like this entire full force circle that's kind of like reappearing itself. And I've never felt more excited about something before as well, right? So mm-hmm. like the whole the whole genesis of Mint was like, it started from my conviction, I guess, and my peers' conviction, which ultimately also influenced my conviction, right? People like Janil, people like Cooper, uh, people like Fuocious, Fuck Render, uh, founders building for creators, investors investing in creators, this entire thesis on how creators can be independent and build a substantial career financially from that. And at the same time, also own their audience, right? Because the craziest thing about this entire fucking game that we're playing is that the way things are set up right now, everybody rents everything. There yeah. is no definitive ownership to anything, right? Everything is rented on platforms that we have no financial upside in unless we buy some stock into it right? There's an entire new paradigm that was shifting when I kind of quit that I realized, and it even happened before I quit too. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess it's like a tangent for saying, I felt like my conviction was there since the genesis. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I think you completely hit the, the nail on the head there in terms of the opportunity around shifting what the ownership paradigm looks like in this this new world of, of Web3 and, and what these tools enable creators and, and community leads to to do with with managing their communities and their audiences and just actually having a real stake in their content and not just renting it out on a platform right um 
I mean, like at the core, you're you're clearly a community builder, and the the podcast has been your mechanism for for bringing that community together and and sharing an awesome message, as well as giving creators a platform to share your message as well. Um, but beyond the podcast, I know you're working with a number of of creators as well as Web three communities on a host of of different initiatives. Um, could you give us a peek into what you're most excited about working on at the moment? Like what, what, when you're waking up in the morning has got you most excited, you know, aside from, aside from recording what the, uh, the next podcast episode might be. Yeah. So good questions. So the podcast at this point is very automated. Okay. I have four part-time people working for me. Um, and it's gotten to the point where I literally just record literally cool. And, uh, it's, it's like, I have so much free time on the side where I've built, I feel like my, my audience size right now is about like 20,000 people per month that I reach across Twitter, across my, my audio, video, newsletter, blog. Um, and it's like, it's, it's very much a value add to things that I want to get involved with uh, in the future. So I've always wanted to build products. Uh, and my head has always been in the space of like, how can I build products for people? I never really liked like the service side of things. I always thought like building something tech related was like super cool for whatever reason, <laughs> ever since I can remember. Um, so I have something in the background that I'm working on that I can't necessarily talk about publicly just yet, uh, but it is product related for like creators. Um, but beyond that, uh, I, I like to advise and consult like different creators in the space. For example, like Queen George, she's an artist that I've believed in for, for years. And, uh, I feel like I've introduced her to, to to the world of Web3. She's even sold some NFTs as well. She hosted a concert at East Denver um, and kind of introduced her to these primitives of how she can build an audience that she owns in Web3, but also make money at the same time, right? I'm also, I buy a lot. I don't buy a lot, but like compared to other people that don't understand music NFTs, I feel like I buy a significant amount. Um, right. I buy music NFTs and I like the ones that I buy. I like to support them and bring them on the podcast and use my network as a way to share their story. If I really believe in them. Yeah. Um, and and uh, then, well, uh, yeah, I was going to say with the, uh, the music NFT side, I'm sure you saw the announcement today that, uh, the Diplo is going to be dropping a song on, on Royal next week. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, would be sick if you could get him, uh, on the podcast pretty soon to talk through that. And they've already got Steve Aoki and a bunch of others on there. So not, not too much of a stretch. Yeah, Blau's coming on, so that should be fun uh, to talk nice. about Royal and LDAs and all all the fun stuff that he's kind of innovating in his wheelhouse. So maybe I know, I know, Cody. I, I promise you, one day I'll have everybody on. That I know for a fact. I'll even have Elon Musk on one day. I have no, <laughs> I have no doubt about it. It might be cocky and too confident to say, but I know if I continue this long enough, it's going to happen, right? Like right. if you look, if you look at like the, the 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 performance of like top podcasts. And you see at what episodes they've gotten like their top speakers at, it's like a few hundred, right? And I'm not far away from it, right? Until you actually start building like an audience. But the problem, the, the key is, is that you have to be consistent and you have to continuously put quality stuff out. I think my stuff is somewhat quality. I think I'm being somewhat consistent. So if I just continue that, I know I'll get, <laughs> I'll get everyone at some point. What's up, guys? Adam Levy here. Sorry for the quick pause. I wanted to give some love to our two NFT sponsors that are making this episode a reality. They are Coinvise and Polygon Studios. On Coinvise, you can create a personal or community-owned social token on Ethereum or Polygon. 
Coinvise also helps you create incentives through token rewards and bounties, NFT business models, and bot integrations for Discord. Discover more today by visiting coinvise.co. Polygon Studios is the gaming and NFT arm of Polygon, who's focused on growing the blockchain gaming and NFT industry while bridging the gap between Web 2 and Web 3 gaming. The Polygon Studios ecosystem comprises highly loved blockchain games like OpenSea, Upshot, Avagachi, Zedrun, Skyweaver, Decentraland, and Decentral Games. If you're a gamer, builder, or NFT creator looking to join the Polygon Studios ecosystem, get started today by visiting polygonstudios.com. All right, back to the episode. Right. Well, I definitely, uh, I definitely agree with you there. You've already got the flywheel turning, so it's just a matter of time to to keep the uh, the foot on the gas. And and I, I, I don't doubt that you'll get anybody that you want on the show. Um, but many of the folks that you've had on the show already um, and just work with in the community more broadly are building tokenized communities. Um, so why do you think tokenized communities will will be the future of community management and just ownership structures on the on the Internet more broadly? Yeah, good question. Um, a lot of it is the premise of why I quit my job initially, too. Right. Like my belief that token based communities are the foundation for building an audience, monetizing an audience and owning an audience. Um, I think it comes down to like two words, incentives and ownership. And never have you really been able to capture value the same way you've been able to via an NFT or via an ERC-20 of some sort. There's something magical that happens when all the creators whose fans have been creating like Facebook groups for them and Instagram pages for them on behalf of them that do it for free. Right, that love the creator themselves and like do it because they want to create a Nicki Minaj page and create a fan page. There's something interesting that that could happen when you bring that same passion and energy, and then you align those incentives with some type of financial means to allow them to empower and make money from their craft. Right, that person that creates Facebook groups for a creator, for example, like a fan club. Right, that person that does that on their free time loves it and adores it to the point where they do it whether or not they get paid right? Mm -hmm. Imagine if that creator that realizes and recognizes that that individual who's making my fan Facebook page, I can now bring them in or bring a host of them in. We can take it one step further through these financial incentives where everybody's aligned on the same page and now has, I guess, the right economic foundation to kind of mutually lead through the creator's future, right? Um, So for example, like when I was when I was building like the club on campus, uh, uh, the Trojan Blockchain Society, there was interest in crypto at the time, but it wasn't strong. Now there's there's a group of kids that have really like captured the the excitement around uh, crypto blockchain on campus through the club U- blockchain at USC, and mm-hmm. they're doing something really right, right? Like interest is interest is strong. Like people are excited, people are buying NFTs and they form the community around that interest. And it's, it's bigger than it was when I was there at least. Right. But I feel like if I was able to kind of like tap into like down models and economic models at the time where everything was so scarce and so brittle, when interest wasn't as crazy high as it is today, it could have been a little bit different where if we were able to create some type of organization where, where we would we were able to bootstrap capital, everybody would be co-owners alongside it. Everybody would feel a sense of responsibility that expanded beyond just getting something on their resume, right? It could be a little bit different, in my opinion. So when I think about it from like the context of I don't know Forefront or FWB or uh, or I don't know Daniel Allen, etc., these are the things that I kind of I think about and I'm motivated by. 
because never have I ever, ever been able to be a part of a community where I reap the financial upside for my efforts and my work beyond just liking something, right? Beyond just sharing something. There's true substance behind it. And I know if I fuck up, everybody's in it with me together, right? right. And, and vice versa, right? So that's, that's how I kind of think about it. Yeah, it's fascinating. I, I mean, like ju- just the incentive alignment that, that these types of communities that are, that are being built in, in Web3 and, and around tokens are just so drastically different than what what incentives have looked like for for folks in in previous iterations of of community management so it's really exciting to to see these communities grow and and blossom and just to see how people take on new responsibility and and new ownership that they just otherwise would have never had the opportunity right. to do um, and and obviously with the with the mint you're building out your own community What's the uh, what's the biggest challenge you faced with building the Mint community? What what keeps you up thinking about like how to how to keep your community engaged and excited? So the reason why I have my community today, and it's not like every it's not like a forefront community, it's not an FWB community, it's not a GCR community, it's a different type of community, right? My Discord is like somewhat active, mostly GMs, right? And I intentionally don't like tap into it as much because I know how to create. Right? I'm good at creating content and I know my content or from what I've seen attracts people that shares that shares like like-minded excitement around it. I get constant DMs, people tweeting at me, emails of how much people enjoy my stuff, right? My biggest challenge is to kind of like formulate all that into one cohesive circle. So what do I mean by that? Discord is very hard for me to use. It's like it's like ridiculously hard for me to use. I have major ADHD, like major ADD. And once I'm in Discord, it's so overwhelming for me to skim through all the channels. It's so overwhelming for me to be on top of all the servers and everything. And there's just like a lack of engagement and attention that I feel yep. like I'm having a hard time capturing to building, let's say, like a Discord community. When people think mm-hmm. of community in crypto, the first thing that they, re- they kind of like fall to is a Discord community. Right. I would argue that's not the only form of community. I have a newsletter. I have people visiting my site. I have people listening to my stuff watching my videos, engaging with my tweet, that's a community within itself, right? It's just a different form of a community. Now, when we talk about incentives and we talk about ownership, the two things that I'm personally excited about, I'm experimenting with how that can kind of be intertwined within Mint in the future, right? But I haven't found legal ways to actually like break upon the vision that I see Mint becoming. Um, and I don't want to get too into it. I want I want to preserve that excitement for when, when it actually <laughs> right. happens. But like my my whole concept of community is like creators are really good at creating, right? We should build tools that should empower them to create, for example, and to to escalate their their creation abilities. Many creators have have an overwhelming fear of getting into crypto because now they need to build like Discord communities, right? They need to build all these servers. They need to learn how to write code and implement bots. They need mm-hmm. to do all this like finance, this like structural implementation that otherwise takes time from them creating. Have you ever tried setting up some of these bots in the Discord, Cody? Yeah, it's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. It's an absolute nightmare, and it's 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 exceptionally hard, like ridiculously hard to do that. Now, I consider myself very like tech native, very like internet native, very computer native, whatever, and I still have a hard time doing it. Right. So I've just relied on my community to be very like uh, one dimensional versus like a group interactive, if that makes sense. 
Right. Yeah, it's fascinating. And I think you, you, you made a really good point in the sense that community can exist beyond Discord. It very much feels like that is the, the primitive for communities in Web3. And I think kind of like the explosion of, of Discord over the past couple of years, especially in tandem with uh, the pandemic, has just bought this like this this feeling that anyone who's spinning up a group or wants to keep people plugged in like have to do it on Discord, but it's definitely not not the case. And I think you're a good example of of expanding that community out in in new avenues. Because if you think about it, it's one thing to have a Discord community; it's another thing to have a direct line of communication to every single member in your audience. Right. Right. And that's powerful. It's one thing to do at everyone in a Discord community. It's another thing to have all their email addresses associated to their wallet addresses and be able to form identities that otherwise would have been anonymous online, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's the real value. Like every single season, I issue listener badges as POOPs. By doing that, those who claim their POOPs, I now have access to their addresses. And sooner or later, I'll be able to basically upload a CSV file of those addresses and see what's in their wallet, see what communities they're a part of, and build up an entire new data structure that I otherwise wouldn't have been able to tap into if I were using Discord, for example, right? So mm-hmm. th- there's different ways to basically build communities. And I think a lot of the stigma is you don't need to necessarily use Discord to do it. There's many other tools, many other ways that are very traditional web too, like email marketing, newsletter writing, blogging, uh, tweeting, etc., issuing po-ops, which is relatively newer, that can kind of bridge this emptiness of, of uh, this emptiness or this overwhelming, I guess, fear that people have when trying to build a community in Web3. Right. Yeah. And I think the, the issuing co-ops or, or whether other communities are issuing NFTs, those are certainly interesting mechanisms in the sense that it also helps people who are a part of a community um, find others who are in the community as well or see what communities they're a part of. It's kind of like a, a, you know, a, a badge of honor um, that, that right. part of this community. And there's obviously a bunch of folks that are building out cool ways to, to display those, whether those are in your social profiles or like, I mean, even with people who are wearing like a, a board apes or a, a doodles hoodie walking around, it's just a, a signifier of the communities that are, that they're a part of. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, there's been a, there's like over, there's, I, I've issued already thousands of pull-ups to people that have been claimed and after this season, I'm trying to find the right tool that allow me to upload like a CSV file of addresses that will allow me to learn more about my audience. How many of them hold FWB? How many of them hold Forefront tokens? How many of them have Bored Apes? How many of them have Mutants? How many of them have Chain Runners, right? What are they voting on? How active are, is their wallet in Web3? How native are they? Is it a new wallet? Is it an old wallet? So I can better understand my audience from like an on-chain data perspective. Right. Because if I see that like 80% of my audience is an FWB, it might be worth for me to hit up FWB and be like, look, guys, 80% of my audience is already engaged with my contact, that, the content that just so happens to also be an FWB. Maybe it'd be cool for us to collab on like a Thursday afternoon special of some sort. You know what I mean? That way we can yeah, both yeah. combine both of our audiences and grow together like that. Like that's how I see true community building through data. Right. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I know that you, uh, you've you got a few things that you're working on in the background that you can't quite share the details on yet. We uh, we also do at Coinbase, but I, I can share a little bit of alpha that, that some of those things you uh, you might be able to do on, on our platform at some point in the, the not too distant future. That certainly ties into us being the uh, the homepage for, for Web3 communities. So certainly keep cool. an eye out for that. Um, but sweet. So Man, already in, in season four of the 
of the men and cruising along. What does uh, what does season five have in store for us? Good question. <laughs> um, season five, I'm still debating on the theme. I think it's going to gravitate towards video creators with an overlap of music creators. Um, and I really want to put more like energy and spotlight on on video creators. I feel like I came out with the with the music theme before a lot of the major outlets started covering it and mm-hmm. allowed me to spark like an audience growth, both in emails, both in Twitter followers, uh, both in uh, even like Discord people that who, who ended up joining. And I think the next major wave is going to be video creators. And there aren't too many tools and platforms yet that are public and have like gotten virality like a lot of the music ones. Uh, right. But I, I know sooner or later there's like – one of the largest classes of the creator economy are video creators from TikTok sure, to sure. YouTube to Instagram, uh, et cetera. They have yet to experience the value of of uh, of Web3 for the most part, right? And it makes you think, like, do people want to collect a 10-second video? Is there value in that? Like they were to collect a song or like they were to collect a piece of art. What does co-ownership look like? in a TikTok video, right? What does that mean? These are some of the conversations that I want to explore uh, in on season five. The lineup has yet to be announced, but we have some pretty dope people confirmed so far. Awesome. Well, definitely, uh, definitely pumped uh, to see what's in store there. And I think video is definitely a, a really interesting space. Um, I mean, just offhand, like I know Glass, Glass Protocol is doing some really cool stuff there. But like you mentioned, aside aside from them, it's it's still a, it's still a wide open space. Exactly. Will be fun. Will be fun to see what uh, what happens there. Um, and just as we uh, as we wrap up, um, I know you have been spending a lot of time in the the music NFT world. Any uh, any alpha leaks or, or cool different projects that you're tracking or or following that you recommend that others check out? Good question. Um, <clears throat> so the the NFTs, the music NFTs that I personally buy are from people who consistently show up. Um, and what do I mean by that? Real value is generated for people who consistently practice their craft and create value, right? Those who, and it's, I guess it's a very washed out like statement, but those who just do rug pulls or like one, one of, one of drops, for example, those don't really have my attention to be honest. I like to support the creators that I'll see have like a career in crypto using Web3 primitives um, and have already been in the space for like a month doing really cool shit, thinking outside the box, being clever. And I personally favor more of the independent up-and-coming artists than I do of the established artists just because I think there's just more of like a selfish gratitude factor for me being able to support sure. someone and seeing them do really well three, six, three, five, seven months from now, right? Um Supporting like an artist, like for example, like Queen George has been so much fun tapping into her mindset on how she thinks about traditional music and bridging her world with web three music, how she's thinking about audience creation, how she's thinking about music composition, how she's thinking about collaboration. It's all fascinating to me and so much more rewarding than, I don't know, helping, I guess, more in a more established artist. Now, that's not to say that I wouldn't collect stuff from established artists. Uh, I do collect stuff from established artists, but I just, I love, I feel like a, a, a selfish happiness when I do it from someone who's like undiscovered, who I have like conviction, you know, like I know this person with the right exposure, with the right amount of time, with the right amount of consistency, they're going to fucking pop off and blow everyone away, you know? So 
Yeah. In terms of For whose sure. bags I mean, am I going to pump, the, uh, which projects I'm going to pump. Yeah, you're going to yeah. pump the – someone's going to be the uh, the – the uh the next so far gone the drake of uh of 2009 is going to emerge through music nfts in, exactly. in 2022 i mean man like, it's it's such a cool primitive in the sense that like if i that, like you used to tell all your friends all the cool music that you listened to back in the day but like aside from the clout of saying like look at the song i found you couldn't do anything about that but right. music nfts you you have that proof that you were an early supporter and you get to share in the upside as well which is just so cool like what's super sick at East Denver, uh, Queen George and I, we did an event. Okay. I think like about 150 people circulated in and out, give or take, I think maybe 200 with the other event. And, uh, everyone that basically came like had the opportunity to, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken to claim a po-op, I'm pretty sure she did that afterwards. And with that, like imagine three years from now, she'll consistently be doing what she's doing now. She'll be bigger instead of having that, that t-shirt, that merch, that I was able to basically say that like I came to the first concert, I have this t-shirt to prove that that could potentially fade and that could potentially get torn, whatever. Yep. I now have this thing in my wallet that proves it validates that I was there because only people who came got it. Right. There's something special about that to me. Um, some people may call me crazy. Like Adam, you fucking lost your mind. That means jack shit. But I don't know. It's like a, it's like a mementos, you know, it's like a, it's like a stamp kind of thing. That allows me to highlight that. I, I'm right. excited to see more of those types of like initiatives, more of those types of collaborations. Um, in terms of which bags am I going to pump? Honestly, none. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, but uh, I I I love getting all DMs from people that want me to like collect their stuff, that want me to be a part of their projects. I always encourage them, so keep that coming as well. Sweet. Well, Adam, this has been uh, been a blast. It's been awesome hearing about how the. Uh, the mint got started the progression over time and just all the the cool shit that you're doing in the space um for folks who who would like to to learn more get in touch with you what's the uh what's the best way for them to reach out twitter hit me up on the dms um you can also email me my email is pretty public adam at adamlevy.io hit me up on my site adamlevy.io um and yeah basically levy chain everywhere levy chain yeah thank you bro Dope. Well, thanks for coming on, Adam. It's been a blast. And uh, I know we still have some, some folks hanging out. If anyone has any questions, feel free to, to raise your hand and can let you, let you come up. Otherwise, we'll, uh, we'll let you get back to the day.